The following episode of Fofop is rated MA. It contains alternating hosts, a rotating roster of guests, and mild coarse language. Fofop advises that it is not suitable for anyone under the age of 15, or anyone who came here looking for one of those highbrow NPR-type podcasts. Minors must be accompanied by a parent or guardian. This is John Deeg speaking. Hello and welcome to Fofop. I'm Charlie Clawson and my guest this week is writer, comedian and host of Confessions of the Idiots, Sam Peterson. Welcome to Fofop. Is this your first Fofop? This is my first Fofop and I'm so excited and the way I have ghosted you recently oh, is one of the, I'm so sorry, our relationship <laughs> is on thin ice. Let's just say that for the listener. Um, I am so sorry. I got blocked. On, no, I, I didn't get blocked. I got hacked on Twitter. I, I, I say blocked and then you think, what horrendous thing did you tweet? <laughs> no, but I, I, got, I got hacked on there and I haven't been there, I think, since like four, four or five months or something. I haven't been able to get back into my Twitter and you've been messaging me on there yeah. and I, I, I have not been ghosting you, I promise. I was talking to uh, Adam Zwar about this last night. I was, I was having dinner with him and um, yeah. he, uh, he does 10 Questions, a really fantastic podcast, but... He uh, was booking his own guests for a long time and he said wow. that he eventually made the shift to, to get hiring a booker because he said he was just <laughs> taking it so personally when like either he wouldn't hear back from people or they'd decline. He's like, it was just too much of a hit to the ego. Now he has <laughs> this kind of like degree of separation. And I, yeah. I kind of know, like with Fofop, it's kind of good because I just reach out to people that I have a relationship with or I'm friends yeah. with. You know, it's, it's never really that awkward. But there have been a few people this year that have ghosted me. Like, I understand. <laughs> oh, so, so this wasn't the first Oh, you weren't the first happened. person. Oh, like, no. I, I, that's even worse. So generally what I do is I'll send out like, you know, three or four messages at once. And then if I get yeah. three or four responses, great. Then I'll just schedule them in. Amazing. Um, uh, but I can always rely on at least one. But I sent out, like, when I decided Fofop was coming back, you know, in sort of like early Feb, right, I sent out mm. three or four messages, and you, including you, and not one response. And I was like, okay. So I gave it a week. You know, the year started yeah. pretty badly for everyone. Sure. Like, we're still, yeah. we're still in, the, in, the, in the grips of a pandemic, and the shit hadn't even really started yet. And then still no one got back to me. And then finally... I'm like, well, I've got all your mobile numbers as well, because generally yeah. when I set up these uh, these these podcasts through DMs, they also snag an email yeah. and a mobile number. <laughs> yeah. And so I was like, well, this is if I have to go the nuclear option, I'm going to like yeah. like a psychopath actually send Blast you a text. Them on everything, <laughs> yeah, yeah, a psychopath sending a text. I well, love the that weird thing the was the psycho thing to do. Well, when we posted the new Tofop, you commented under. Tofop, you're like yeah. woohoo or something like that, and I was yeah. like, "That's classic me, though." To, to write woohoo, <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, "Is he like? Is this some kind of weird gaslighting going on?" It's like, you know, I'm in a, an abusive podcast relationship where he tells me he loves me, but he also like he won't respond to my messages. I'm excited for other people to do it, but I just simply cannot. Um, that's so funny. I thought you were going to tell me that I stonewalled Adam Zwar as well. Like you brought it up to him last night. And he's like, absolutely not. I will not talk about that ne- that man in my house. Well, I was because I, I did get curious. I was like, what the fuck's going on here? And so I, yeah. I, and I think I, I I got confused on your Instagram and your Twitter because I was like, he's active on social media. Like I'm seeing yeah. him promoting his show, and you know, he's yeah. posting photos with celebs. So like, he's clearly li- <laughs> living the high life. But you know, I've done your podcast twice now. All I'm asking yeah. for you is one appearance on mine and you're ghosting me. That's so me. funny. 
But then I imagine did realize that people that people that do that like just go on other people's podcasts, but I will not go on any others. Yeah. Like <laughs> I love that. It's just like such a cocky thing to be like, oh, I do not guest on podcasts. I host them, but I will not guest on any. I think there are who there is a famous celebrity who does that. I can't remember who it is, but if you look at his Twitter account, he's yeah. got like a million followers, but follows no one. It's someone big wow. too, like. Oh, it's like Conan O'Brien or something, something like that. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Where I'm like, fuck well, that guy. That's fucking confident, <laughs> isn't it? It's so confident. Yeah, we should. I think he's been stonewalling me as well. I've sent him a few messages and get enough of that. How do you approach your guests? Because generally, uh, it's mostly comedians, right? But I see you sort of dipped into yeah. like, you know, you've had Steve Carry on and Rob Mills. So you sort of stray yeah. out of the kind of comedian um, yeah. network. And what's your approach? I, I only really use friends. Okay. I've only really – I don't – I shouldn't have used the word use. Yeah. Um, I only use friends and then I will not go on their podcast. But I, I've always gone to friends because yeah. um, Stephen's like an old friend and I've always had him and then and then people like Rob I became friends with through the podcast. So I just started – after a while I was kind of like, you know, you know, and even though your introduction said comedian, like I haven't done stand-up in about – Four years, and I always feel really odd about. It. I always feel like there'll be someone listening going, "He's not a comedian anymore." <laughs> like he still he pretends he is, but he's not. But there's, you know, I, I think through the comedy world, I met a lot of people and Stephen and, and and people like Dave Lawson and everything. And so I always had them on. Mm. And Stephen was on the first ever episode, and you know Matt Stewart and people like that that I just know through the comedy world. But then you know it is funny to go, "Oh, Rob Millsy Mills would be funny," and that's his full name. Yeah. He always <laughs> <laughs> Rob Mills, Mills. But there are people that you just go, that would be so interesting because it's all about the world of online confessions. Mm. They have such interesting stories. So it's not always the comedians that have, you know, they're quick and everything and they're always really good. But sometimes it's like a Casey Donovan or someone who, you know, has been catfished for a long time. And so I talk about things openly and, and you know, it's about catfishing and giving advice on how how that can happen. And, and I find that really Really interesting. I did have Rob Millsy Mills on with Casey Donovan once, and he made a catfishing joke, just like catfish them. Yeah. And then her face just, you know, like, <laughs> you're barking up the wrong tree here, Rob Millsy Mills. And, um, <laughs> And, you know, and he was so horrified that he'd brought a catfishing joke <laughs> after, you know, just, just not really realising who he was with. Yeah. Um, but it is it is great to have people on that you don't have a relationship with as well because – you I've only had one really bad one, but every every other person that you have on, you go, well, they're they're a fun person. So mm. they're like Stephen Tobolowski, who I've had on, you know, three times, and he's coming on again this week. I'm like, it's so funny to have him on who is this amazing American character actor who I've looked up to for such a long time. And then you have him on mm. and it's just like, then I start you know, reading out my, you know, fucked um, Reddit confessions to someone I really look up to. And, and, you know, having you on and Will on, it's like, I didn't know either. Of, oh, I kind of knew Will, but not really well. Mm. And, um, and, you know, and, and you as well, having you on and meeting you through it. It's a, it's a very nice way to meet people where <laughs> you're working and, you know, getting to know people at the same time, which sounds psycho when I say it out loud, but it's it is a good way to meet people. Well, I think it's uh, no, it makes perfect sense, especially in the the medium of, of podcasting. Like mm. you know, um, I often think that maybe Will and I probably wouldn't ever speak if we didn't have a podcast <laughs> together. Like the majority you've got scheduled time once a week. Uh, yeah, but we're busy. <laughs> We've got like our own shit yeah. going on, and so this is sort of like a mandated catch up. And it, and it was interesting, like you know, in the kind of hiatus that we had. 
I mm. realized how much I missed having that kind of outlet because yeah. there's very sort of few people that can, you know, will follow me on those tangents, especially not my wife. Like, I don't know, after almost... <laughs> like the shaver tangent. Yeah, after almost <laughs> I love it. 20 years, you know, like I, I still think that I can hook her with like a, a, a pithy observation about something and is there something in this? Can we, can we follow this down the rabbit hole? And she's always like, no, 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 no. But then you're right, like there are people who I you know, follow on Twitter. I don't actually personally know that I'm like, well, they reckon... won't respond anyway, apparently. They won't, they people, won't even, respond. Even people yeah. that you know. <laughs> exactly. But I do look at them and go, I think you'd be good. I think, you know, I think this, I think there is, um, there's either something about your sense of humor, your perspective that I think if we got onto the right role, that this could be mm. really funny. Do you have a, is there a dream guest? Is there someone that you haven't got on yet that you think would be amazing? I've I've always and this is going to sound insane when I say it, but I've always wanted to have on Russell Crowe. Oh, he's yeah. he's always just someone that I know. Well, you, you can two, see you can you know, see behind me, mate. I've yeah. got some I've got he's, some Russell Crowe artwork. He's peeping over my shoulder. Yeah, <laughs> always peeping, always watching, never involved, but always peeping. <laughs> yeah. But he uh he is someone that I just really like. Uh, I really think he's got a great sense of humor. And he also supports and likes comedy. Um, I had had on Sam Neill. Um, when it was in my first few podcasts I had on Sam Neill and I was so, I was so weirded out that he said yes, that it just became the weirdest day. Cause I had, I, I like, you know, like meeting him for a coffee beforehand, like, you know, like, and you start to go, how insane is this that I'm going to, you know, cause it's not, you know, podcasting is not my full-time job and you know, I'm doing it for fun. And then all of a sudden, like I'm meeting a friend for a drink that night and they're going, yeah. what did you do today? And I'm like, I had coffee with, um, with, you know, a. uh, uh you know, huge national treasure of New Zealand and Australia. I, you know, we've claimed yeah. him for sure, like Russell Crowe. You know, I, I I, think it's very funny having those sorts of people on that. I, I always find it, I think you'd be the same in this, that the funniest people in the world are, they're not always the comedy people. They're, you know, they're people that you meet through friends. They're a friend of a friend. There's always a friend of a friend that's way funnier than their comedian friend. Mm. And they're always the funniest people. And then actors and writers and there's so many funny different people that you wouldn't even think about. And then you have them on a podcast and you're like, Oh wow. Like you're, you're so quick and amazing because you don't do it all the time. And so are you approaching Sam directly or going through his management? I went through, I went through his winery, um, which is, you know, which is so strange to, to just go. I just gave it a shot. I always think, you know, if you just give it a shot and then, they can just say no. Like, that's mm-hmm. the worst thing that's going to happen. They're going to say no. And then you'll be like, you know, I'm not walking around going, Sam Neill said no to my podcast. <laughs> like, you know, I'm not bitter about that. There's lots of people that will say no or just not reply to me on Twitter. Like, that is, you know, that is the way it is. Like, it's a podcast every week. Not everyone's going to come on. Yeah. And, yeah. Who, who about you? Have you? Who about you? Who about have me? You got, who about you? Have you got a dream guest that you've always wanted, oh. to, wanted to have on? I mean, like, I think Russell definitely, we talked about when we were, um, before COVID hit and we were heading towards Mm. our 300th episode, we did have discussions about would it be possible to get Russell Crowe? Like, we're talking about doing a big live show and it's like, wouldn't it be amazing? Well, I mean, the dream was to reform um, 30 odd footer grunts (laughs) and actually have them as our house band. (laughs) Uh, I don't know, like, 
how we would at like how you'd pitch that to this enormous movie star. No, but just like also, <laughs> you're not even going to be our guest of honor. You're going to be the leader of our house band. You're going to be our Red the, Simons. Like the house band is a very funny idea, though. I love underusing really big celebrities. I yeah, think that's a really funny it's like idea. Jim Jeffries making Brad Pitt his weatherman. <laughs> It's a really good idea. That would that would be amazing. But so Rusty's been the the number one. I call him Rusty, like I know him. Yeah, Ru- well, I mean the, 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 the big uh, the character with the character the actor we've talked about the most recently is The Rock. I mean that would yeah. be a huge get. And did you see he responded to Will? Yeah, and I well, heard it Adam on the Spencer. latest episode. He was yeah, yeah he yeah. Um, he responded, and and you know the discussion was was it actually him, <laughs> yeah. or is it a PR person that Fuck, knows The Rock's man. voice? Well, I've been I've been like doing some. I don't know what. Uh, the profession would be. But you know how, like, in court cases and stuff, they'll bring in, like, a handwriting expert or, like, a body language expert or whatever. Like, I've been looking at The Rock's texts and his syntax and stuff and then looking at that tweet to Adam Spencer and being like, well, fuck, man. Like, if it's a team of PR people, they've all got, like, incredibly similar kind of syntax and – the use of emoticons and all this kind of stuff. The I tone mean, maybe of voice a, and everything is it perfect. Could be, yeah, the tone of voice, the sense of humor, the way yeah. the self-deprecating, the way he, you know, there's just certain phrases that he uses again and again. Now, fuck, man, it could be an algorithm for all we know. Like, it could be, why Why wouldn't it be? Like, you know, there's yeah. there's an algorithm that can completely impersonate Joe Rogan. So <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, and, and why he's, he's couldn't a lot the nicer Rock than the real like Joe Rogan. A, like a Twitter algorithm. Yeah, I I have a friend, and this is this is so strange. They do not save any numbers in their phone. Uh, they they have every time a number pops up, it's the full number. Like for some reason, they just don't save any contacts. So they just That's know so from weird. the. It's so weird, and it's a nightmare. Like looking at their phone is a nightmare because when you're with them, if you get a just text numbers. from a friend, just numbers. If you get a text from a friend, you can Fucking go, hell. "Oh yeah, that's one hundred percent. I know who that is, and I can reply to that." But if you're getting a text <laughs> from an unknown number every single time, you're going, "Is that mum? Is that dad?" You know. How urgently do I need to reply to this? So I think this friend could actually help you with this rock uh, situation because yeah, they right. know people's texting styles so well that they'll know when it's me. They'll know when it's someone else. I reckon they could help you with this. That's amazing. Yeah. So they literally. So they, so it's not like so so it's not like they've just memorized the number. They will just look at the text and from the choice of words, the sense of humor, whatever. Yeah, they can deduce. Yeah. That's amazing. They can, they can do from, you know, if it's an XO, an XO, if someone just types a, an X after it, if someone doesn't do it but has really short text. It's insane. It it, it stresses terrible. me out every time I look at their look at their phone. It's it's I, that sort of person as well. It's always got like five hundred and ninety four unread messages. From all these <laughs> unknown terrible. numbers. Well, that's the whole, you know, like origin of new phone who this, like, like, you mm. know, like you get a text message from a number you don't recognize and someone's been yeah. very, fami- very familiar. I had one last week where someone's like, hey, you know, hope you and Gemma are okay. Hey, by the way, do you have a cousin called blah, blah, blah? And I'm like, I could not ascertain. I'm like, well, they fucking know who my wife is. They know yeah. that we moved into a house a year ago. <laughs> like there's this information. Why isn't this person saved into my phone? Um, it turns out it was like an old friend that for some reason yeah. maybe he'd changed his number or something. But <laughs> like I get – it's not it's, it's not 
catfishing, but you know, you get those bot messages in your DMs. Oh yeah, you know, like nudie girls and you know, <laughs> and and uh, you know, people trying to sell you um, crypto and all that kind of shit. And at first, I was like, like the nudie girls are easy to kind of like. Okay, this is a bot because it's like yeah. there's no way some girl's just randomly sending me like nudes. <laughs> but the other it's ones not, I get it's a bit. Not their mode of operation usually. But there's ones that are a bit more kind of, I don't know if cryptic's the right word, but they're just a bit more enigmatic where it's like, hey there. <laughs> yeah. You're just like, and wait I don't for know. You to reply. But there must be yeah, a lot of people yeah. that are replying. Like, you know, the, the strike rate must be quite good if they're getting a few to the hey there and then just a few real horny fuck boys are going, hell yeah. You know, like, it's just, yeah. It is such a, uh, well, I, I was, had a. I was oh, thinking sorry. if I was like, no, sorry. Right. I was thinking if I was like an old you know, retired widower or something like that. And, you know, I got my first ever smartphone and, you know, it was all new to me. And yeah. someone says, well, you should sign up to Instagram. And I'm like, okay. And I've got like seven followers. And then the first direct message I get is some nudie girl saying, hey there. And then like, you know, one of those photos <laughs> and it's like her boobs. I think I would be like, fuck, yeah, all right, cool, brave new world. Like, this is what I've been missing out on. Like, I, I could understand how that scam works. Some yeah. lonely old dude, new to technology. You know, you probably hear that, like, oh, kids are all sexting now and, you know, you go to the beach and every kid's wearing bloody a G-string bikini. You would be yeah. like, well, I guess this is how kids communicate now. I'm going to write back to this young lady. That's I'm so very well. How are you? <laughs> That's so funny as well as a concept, just you get out of a relationship and then you're going, this new world is amazing. Like you're kind of scoffing at it for a bit and then you come out and you're going, this is incredible. Like there are so many hot singles in my area right now and they're all texting me. Like, <laughs> I know, no, it's crazy. <laughs> I had someone text me a uh, few years ago and it was a, I, I promise that this isn't the only story I have. Like I, this is my biggest story in the world. It's just like someone texted me a few years ago. But I had someone that texted me and said, hey, can you cover my shift tomorrow? And, you know, I was just like, this is the wrong number. But I just wrote back, sure. And um, and anyway, and then I felt so bad about it because then I thought, well, this person's going to go to work the next day and, you know, is, is going to expect their friend or this co-worker that they've typed in their number and they're expecting that person to be there. And I felt so bad about it, but there was a point where I was like, it would be really funny if then I got a message the next day being like, Hey, where are you? You said you cover my shift. And I just wrote back like, uh, I'm, I'm here. What are you talking about? <laughs> like really? <laughs> what are you talking about? Standing right behind you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I was like, that's too, that's too far. But, Every, I reckon a little... Yeah, you, you, you'd be great if you tried to mind fuck them and say, you know, what are you talking about? You died two years ago. <laughs> like, who is this? Just gaslighting into the ghost realm. Like, I really... Yeah, that's right. I really Six go really far. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Six cents some good. I, I really <laughs> like that idea, but it's also so mean. But I, I reckon I get some messages every now and again from unknown numbers that are just, you know... But for my friend, every number is an unknown number. And they're texting everybody back. When I um, uh, was in the States once, I got myself a, like an AT&T SIM card. Mm. And I think what they do with those is they repurpose numbers because I plugged it in. And after a couple of days, I got a text message from someone saying, hey, like Stuart or whatever, uh, having a big party on Saturday, you should come. And so I wrote back, haha, you know, 
look, uh, this is not Stuart, you know, thanks yep. for the invite though. And then they wrote back, <laughs> like, oh, do you want to come to this party? <laughs> and I was like, uh, nah, I'm cool. But, you know, yeah. thanks for the invite. Have a good night. And then they were really insistent. It's like, it's going to be fun, man. <laughs> like, you know, trying to kind of tempt me out. And I'm like, this feels like I go there and I wake up in a bathtub and my kidneys are missing. <laughs> like, you know? That's so funny. And I love that familiarity as well of just wanting bums on seats. Just like, nah, if you could come, that would be great. And if you could bring an esky, that'd be amazing. Like, we really need some people there. I, I was in the, the Wit Sundays uh, recently, not not a brag, but I was just there, just hanging out, and <laughs> I was I was at this place, and I was sitting on this table, so I was at a bar, and I was by myself, and there was a 30th that was going to happen, and the person just said to me, look, there's, you know, someone coming soon, Jess will be here soon, it's her 30th tonight, but you can sit here until... That comes, and I was like, okay, no, no, that's great. And so I was sitting there having a drink, and then the mum of Jess rocked up really early and sat down with me and went, hey, how do you know Jess? And, you know, was chatting to me and everything. I was like, I don't know. I don't know Jess. And, you know, I was just like, well, you know, I was chatting to her for a while. And anyway, so then then someone else came, and they were like, oh, I had the chatting, chatting, and the mum went to – but and everything, I just went, hey, how do you know? How do you know Jess? And then I had to kind of explain again. I didn't know Jess and, and they were I worried because they weren't, they, they, weren't getting, they weren't getting the cake because John had COVID and they were stressed about the whole thing and it was this big drama. And then after three or four people, I just gave up saying I didn't know Jess. And I I just kind of lent into it a little bit and they kept buying me drinks and I really had a good time. Like I was in the Whitsundays by myself and I was just thinking, this is incredible. I've made all these new friends. John's stressed about the cake because he's got COVID. There's all these people that are worried about the whole event. And I, I only stayed for maybe half an hour to an hour, but I had the greatest time. And, you know, I'm not saying that that, birthday party for you, that party that you were going to go to, Charlie, would have been as great as that. But I had a really good time and I reckon I made money in the end because they were buying me so many cocktails and were a lovely family and they all got into a, a big fight at the end. It just became this this huge night for Jess's 30th. Wow. I mean, I think the, I can't think of anything worse than going to a party where I don't know anyone <laughs> like yeah. like I, I find it hard to go to a party where i, I know people yeah but like i'm just not one of those people who's like i'm not confident enough i'm too awkward that i can just walk in like especially a party well at least you were sort of there yeah you had the vibe of the place you could all right, yeah. i understand that but like yeah. the idea i remember i did it I, I did it once where i i years and years and years ago when i was working as a waiter one of the guys i worked with i don't know he he, uh, we weren't we weren't friends, but he he was one of those kind of guys who was just like, just a big annoying guy who's an expert in everything. You know, one mm. of those kind of dudes like, you know, <laughs> you'd sort of mention um, a, a car, and he knows like everything about you know that model of car. Right or at the time, I was like, you know, um, doing drama classes, and he's like, well, you know, I did plays, blah blah blah, and you know, you'd say, oh, my friends are getting into comedy, and he's like, oh yeah, well, I tried stand, and so like he just was. <laughs> I love the idea of a guy that you're talking about comedy and everything else and he keeps just talking about cars. He's just like, <laughs> yeah. He's just like yeah, you go comedy and he goes, yeah, so cars. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I sort, of, sort of stayed clear of him, but he kept insisting that he was having this massive party on the weekend and you should come. And he's going, we're going to paint the town red. And 
<laughs> and I was like, uh, yeah, I guess I'll come. I guess I'll come. And so I remember I was talking to my um, mate at the time and I said, I'm going to, I'll meet you at the pub, but I just need to pop into this dude's party. I'm just going to have one drink mm-hmm. and then, you know, I'll just make an appearance and then go. And I remember driving up to the house and hearing the music and stuff. And it's like, oh God, like, I don't want to, and if his friends are like him, I'm going to fucking hate this party. So as it turns out, I, I didn't have to worry because when I walked into the house, there was no one there. It was just him <laughs> and his girlfriend on the couch. And then suddenly I'm in this position of like, well, like, I can't leave. This can't be a quick thing. And so I had to sit down with him and it was kind of weird too, because it was almost like, you know, the emperor's new clothes where all of a sudden, you know, for weeks he'd been sort of being this expert. And now I was sort of seeing him naked, (laughs) metaphorically speaking. And I just sort of sat there while he just kind of bitched out. I don't even know if his friends were real or if they were all kind of like acquaintances on my level where it's like people that he just talked their ears off and then had invited to this party and then no one had turned up. But it was, it was harrowing. It was a harrowing experience. I stayed for two hours and two then hours, to, that's good of you. That's that's an amazing effort oh, to stick what, there for two hours. What else was I going to do? I couldn't leave. Yeah. Like, I mean, what was I going to say? And I think I even when I left, I actually faked like a, some kind of family emergency or something like that. I couldn't say, hey, I'm <laughs> and leaving. And he said, can this. we come? There's only two well, of us. Well, that's what I thought. He was. If I said we were going to the pub, I thought, oh, there's a chance he might invite himself along. <laughs> sure. So I said, oh, no, mum's called like grandma's fallen down the stairs or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I had a similar experience where it was like a – a friend of a friend that was like finishing up at a work, they were, they were working at a place for a long time and they ended up getting getting fired from this place and they decided to have a leaving drinks, but they weren't friends enough with people to really have a leaving drink. So they put it on Facebook. It was a Facebook event and no one went. Like oh God. they had hired out an area in a Melbourne bar and oh had no. roped it off. And they apparently were sitting in their public place, sitting there for two oh. hours and had messaged the group at one point and said, oh, I, I've been here for two hours and no one's come. And it's kind of worse to be standing there and going, you know, no, people are coming. People are coming there. They're on their way. And he apparently was saying that, but there was a minimum drink spend. And so I just thought, look, I'll, I'll buy it. I'll, I'll go down. And I went down and sat in this private place for a while and thought, oh, I thought if I sent a message to the group and was like, you know, um, you know, just rocked up. Is anyone else here? No one rocked up. I, you know, and I felt like, you know. How many I people thought, in total were there? There were meant to be 60. And how many were there? There were two of us. What? And I just was you and the guy. Just me and the guy. And I was like, oh after God. a while, I was like, I know why no one else was rocked up because he right. was real. It was a real piece of work. But <laughs> I, I really was, I really was trying to help out. And then I was yeah. just like, nah, I'm never going to be in this situation again because he was just talking about all the people that didn't come. And he hadn't even chatted yeah. to anyone it that day. It sounds like you and I had had this, this exactly the, <laughs> yeah. probably the same guy. Maybe this is just like he just repeats this pattern every few oh. years, throws a party that no one attends, and then the one guy he does rock up, he just tell, bitches out the people <laughs> who were meant to come. And doesn't learn every time, still throws a massive event. But isn't that your – well, it's my greatest fear. I know like mm. Jem, Jem, Jem's very social. She loves to throw a party. She loves yeah. to celebrate a milestone. She loves yeah. to get friends together. And I, every time my birthday rolls around, even if it's like, you know, a 30th or 40th, any, any mm. milestone, I'm always like, oh, I don't want to. And it's because I'm scared that <laughs> yeah. no one will turn up. 
I'm yeah. scared that like you know she'll put the the invitation out and that will no one will will <laughs> rock up and and it's funny too because I I. I, my 40th was great fun and mm. she did surprise because she knows I hate parties. So she kind of surprised me. Like I thought that's I was maybe nice. having a small dinner, but then as it turns out, you know, she'd organize all my friends and my entire family to, to come up to our uh, Byron. Mm. But there was this sense. I remember the night before the party or what I thought was going to be just like a small get together. I was having an anxiety attack <laughs> where I was saying to her, I think we should just cancel. I said, people have come up to buy for the weekend. Let them just enjoy their weekend. Like, I don't want to, I don't want to ruin everything by having a dinner or anything like that. And she was so fucking fucked off with me by that point. Because she was like, look, there's like 40, 50 people are coming. All right. So we're not canceling because everyone's, you know, like planned this for, for months and months and months. And you're showing up to your own fucking party. I'm like, oh yeah, I guess. I should probably so, just put my own ego aside for one second. So you were you were you were going to cancel on four people who you thought at that point it was only going to be about four uh, people I, at a dinner. I, I thought it was going to be like maybe ten. I think right, it was, yeah. was going to be about ten people, and I thought like you know it's. I, said, I think what I was saying was let's not do a, a whole thing and a whole dinner. Let's just yeah. like, you know, do a like we'll just go meet at the beach or something like that. But yeah, she was having was, none of that. I was turning uh, 30, I turned 30 in September last year and I had organized a party and I was like, you know, going to organize. I, I, I think I had about, yeah, there's like 80 or 90 people and I had made the stupid mistake of messaging every single person individually. Because <laughs> um, yeah. I was like, you know, like Facebook events or whatever you're doing, like, you know, if you just send out a, a vague thing, people don't really respond. And I just thought, okay, well, I'll, I'll send out messages to everybody. And then we went into another lockdown in Melbourne and I was kind of relieved yeah. that I didn't have to have the 30th, not because I didn't want to have it, but just because I thought it would just be maybe two or three of us just sitting around and just waiting on people all night. And mm. I, I think that everyone kind of has that that anxiety about it. And I was yeah. also glad I didn't have to then text 80 people to say, oh, it's not actually happening because I think that was the general vibe that everyone with, you know, the the COVID-19 lockdowns, everyone kind of just assumes now that nothing's happening. Yeah. Well, even though I had like, you know, 40 or so people at my party and I had a great 40, it was a lot of yeah. fun, you know, a lot of my nearest and dearest. Yeah. But then Jem's uh, 40th was the following year. She's a year younger than me. Mm. And we had virtually like an identity, you know, we had same, same party, same venue, but we had like almost a hundred people attend us. And I'm like, well, this is a real turn up, isn't it? Like, and every person who didn't attend mine, who attended hers, cause we pretty much got exactly the same friendship group. I'm like, well, 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 look who decided to bloody show up. Look who I mean, the cat dragged in. Yeah, but I, her, her birthday's in November. Mine is in, in July in the in the pits of winter. So right. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that's what uh, absolutely that, that's what and led to the lower tension. You need to believe as well. I think that's. <laughs> I think don't don't think about any other scenario. I think just go with that and just really stick to it. Well, the great thing about Jen's party was it coincided with schoolies up in Byron. Oh and wow! So um, we had this like we had this entire venue to ourselves. Mm. Um, but you could hear the sort of schoolies action happening, you know, all, <laughs> all down the main street. And um, at one point, like these two schoolies crashed the party. These two boys came in. Um, and so I sort of like saw them wandering around and going up to the bar and stuff. And so I just sort of sauntered over and was very kind of like, you know, affable. I was like, hey, guys, look, I understand that, you know, you're, you're trying to crack. And they're like, oh, we're cool. We're cool. We just want to hang out. And I'm like, look, let me just take you on a tour of this party. We're old. 
We're all old. There's no hot young chicks here. There's no cool dudes. We're just fucking all a bunch of old fucks. Like, so if you want to hang out with a bunch of old fucks talking about property prices and shit, then, you know, by all means, stay. And they were just like, nah, you're right, mate. Thank you. We'll go. So they voluntarily left. Because that's the thing, though. Like, kids trying to sneak into parties, it's like they're not going to be as good as you think they are when you're, like, 18. Like, I, I had a similar thing yeah. in when I was, like, going to schoolies and just thinking it was going to be the most amazing experience in the world. But it just wasn't. Like, it's mm. not going to be – like, you've just turned 18. Nothing is going to be that good. You can't drink when – you know, obviously you can't have any drinks and then, you know, go for a drive or anything. It's not even – you can't <laughs> even have your two standard drinks. So I was, like, a designated driver that – like booked way too far away from where we were going drinking. So I just couldn't drink at all. Like, and you, you know, and you just think, oh, that's such a great fun schoolies, schoolies week. And it just wasn't. Like, Where did you do your funny. schoolies? We ended up going to Byron and okay. yeah. And booked way out. It was before Airbnb or yeah. anything. So it was like, had booked through a private person that was like, it's so close. It's so <laughs> close. Just, just lying, flat out lying. And then, you know, having to pay all these extortionate fees and everything to like be a schoolie at that time, because they're so worried that you're going to trash the place and anything, you know, but we couldn't yeah. do anything. Like we were pretty much just playing cards for a week and we're like, we could have done that at home. We didn't need a whole thing to <laughs> to have at schoolies. Yeah. I didn't do schoolies. Like, I don't know why, but I I remember like all, like most of my mates went up to the Gold Coast for schoolies. Yeah. And then me and say like a group of 10 guys instead went down to a house. We hired a house in Portsea mm. and- and we just, I don't know what we were thinking because it was dead. Like there was hardly anyone, all the people our age were on the Gold Coast. And so I remember we used to, yeah, it was like we'd play cards during the day. Yeah. We'd, you know, we'd go to the beach or whatever. And then um, I remember we're at the Portsea pub and like mm. there's hardly anyone to talk to. I think we did eventually meet some girls. So that made it a bit more interesting. <laughs> but I remember one night, like, like five of us driving home and we started getting tailgated by this ute. Mm. And we got out of the, we had no idea what was going on. We got out and these two like dudes like in their mid forties, mid fifties got out and started like trying to fight us like just out of <laughs> nowhere. Like I remember one of my mates who's like, you know, this, he was a fairly big dude and rugby player and stuff. And this, this like 40 year old man just came at him and just started swinging punches. And we were just like, holy fuck. And so they're like brawling on the ground. So we're brawling with him and it's just like. What happened? <laughs> like is we thought we thought schoolies was meant to be like you know parties and stuff, not like getting into punch ons with like middle aged yeah. trainees on the way home. And that, that was probably like the most exciting thing that was happening for them at the time. Let's just go and do this. Like, well, I or guess even so. if they were toolies or coolies, I'd prefer to call them. Even if they it's, were some you know some toolies or something, maybe that was the reasoning. It's just a weird thing, though, to, like, target a group it's of... It's like, so strange. Middle-aged men target a group of teenagers <laughs> and kick the shit out of them. And I think they ended up kind of losing the fight anyway, so it's even more <laughs> humiliating. so sad. We sent oh. them packing. I mean, but I remember in the aftermath, like, none of my, my friends and I, we weren't fighters or anything like that. Mm. But I remember we were all just sort of sitting around with, like, ripped shirts and cut eyes and stuff <laughs> oh like that, God. drinking beers. But there was this kind of just, like, silence about... What the fuck just happened? Yeah. <laughs> like we, it was the last thing we expected was to get jumped by two middle-aged men on the way home. Like, isn't it the other way around? Yeah. Where the, the 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 pack of teenagers are meant to jump the middle-aged guys. I don't know what the fuck happened. You you're in a parallel universe for a moment. There was 
even even like a school is like I'm from Phillip Island and it's quite a small place and you just can't really get around anywhere unless you've got a car. Like it was kind of like mm. me being stuck in, you know, at, just out of Byron with a car, you know, like there was a ta- there was two taxis when I was growing up and I remember my friend doing a run-up, but you knew the taxi driver. So right, he would just come yeah. and knock on your parents' door <laughs> the next day and just be like, come on, Zach, like, I know you, I know your family pay up. But I remember like a little while ago, schoolies just having the worst time just on Phillip Island, like thinking it was this beautiful coastal place, which it is, but it's like a 15-minute drive if you want to go to certain places. Like it's just not as fun as you think it is. It's not like, yeah, it's not like it's got, you know, miles and miles of like entertainment, you know. There's like a... There is like a section of shops. There's the yeah. pie shop. Is it a pie shop? Or There's a, a pie shop. shop. The no, pie you're shop, absolutely yeah. right. There's a yeah. pie shop. And, you know, they've now got the Miley Cyrus pie because Miley Cyrus once went down there. But That's right. Yeah. Does Liam still have his uh, his beachfront house there? I don't know if, if, if he's still got the, the beachfront shack, but... Yeah, they, you know, that's kind of what they're known for. And so people think it's going to be this really cool place that they go down to. And my mum was walking past, you know, we're like 100 metres from the beach, my parents' place. And and these schoolies started calling out to my mum and then invited her in for a drink. And <laughs> look, my mum's great. My mum my is a fun person. I love my mum. But to invite a 60-year-old woman into your into your schoolie's house for a drink. And she went up and got a bottle of wine and came back with some glasses and, you know, just sat around chatting to them. And I reckon was oh, there for cool. a good few hours. But oh, I was that's like, so cool. <laughs> I was like, that's so sad for them to be like, no, oh, I think that's cool. For good times. <laughs> I love that idea. I want to know more about who those schoolies are. I yeah. love the fact that they're completely non judgmental. They thought your mum looked cool and they're just like, <laughs> yeah. legitimately just come and hang out with us. Yeah. I mean, look, I unless it was a. A cry of desperation, <laughs> but well, I do love the I do love the idea that they're just like, nah, we like this lady. Come in, you yeah. can drink with us. <laughs> you can drink with us, and they were having their UDLs and Ruskies, and Mum yeah. was having this real fancy wine, the white wine, and and gave some kids some with the glasses, and invited Dad down. She got Dad. I think she called Dad at one point to go and get some chips and dips, and um. You know, bring that down. And so I think they had a cheese board, a shishuteri board or whatever, however you pronounce that. Um, but, you know, really, really went all out with those kids. And I think maybe it was the best schoolies of all time. Well, certainly better than mine. <laughs> I It's funny. I My neighbour um, has just moved out. And uh, before he moved out, his wife uh, took the kids and, and went to, back to the UK. And so... The wife was away and he we saw him on the street and he's like, oh, hey, guys, um, you know, I'm just going to be packing up uh, this weekend. But uh, it's actually, it was my birthday this week. So I've got some uh, friends coming down from the Gold Coast. We're going to have a bit of a party. It might get a bit noisy. I hope that's okay. <laughs> and we were like, that's fine. You know, don't worry about it. And um, what I thought was meant to be like, you know, like a Friday night party. Mm became like a three-day <laughs> It was a Corey like Worthington event. It started on Friday. And like, honestly, like he, the way he sort of framed it to us is like, I've got a few mates coming down from the Gold Coast. At one point, like we live in a cul-de-sac. There was fucking cars everywhere. Like you could oh not God. find parking for the amount of cars. And the thing was like, I remember that the, it was like the, the, I was hearing it all through the walls and, and like the, the, the party had stages where like night one was like the warm up. And it was probably, that was the initial, what he thought the party was going to be, or at least what mm. he described the party. It was a few boys, 
But the bullying, oh my God, Sam, <laughs> like I'd forgotten like the level of bullying when you get just a bunch of guys hanging oh out God. together. Sack was taps. Just, non-stop like I just and it was all funny like I must admit like I was because I was doing some work in my office since so I could hear them in their front yard yeah and I was like oh this is this is pretty funny at one stage they were teasing the, the host about the size of his calves <laughs> one of them was saying like you don't even have calves you've just got one giant thigh from your foot to your bum <laughs> see that is a funny thing to pick on as well like it's very funny and you don't see it anywhere else really in the world where people really do pick on each other for as long as they can and about the littlest things as well. Yeah. I mean, it's body shaming, let's yeah, be honest, sure. but it's fucking hilarious. Call it what it like, is. You know, like I am against bullying in mm. principle, <laughs> sure. but I think bullying amongst consenting adults yeah. is fucking great. Like it's really, really funny. Like as long as the it, boys. That's yeah, as long as everyone is aware of what's going on and you're, I mean, comedians, you know, are the oh, worst. Yeah. Like, you get a group of comedians together and it's just fucking on. Yeah. But then stage two of the night was, I'm assuming drugs were coming out because <laughs> sure. things were getting a bit looser. The music was getting a bit more kind of like pumpy. And just the conversations were just a bit more like, just a, uh, just a bit more heightened, I, I would say. They were really and, worried about the carbs after that, on that second uh, night. Like, really, yeah, yeah. How does that happen, man? How is that going straight to your bum? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but then I think, I don't know. See, this is still a point of contention because <laughs> I, I came home at night on Saturday night and I thought I saw like, because it was meant to be the boys, that's what mm. we were told. But then I <laughs> sure. saw like, a taxi pull up and what I thought was like a couple, like a guy and a girl get out. And you could hear start now there were some female voices in the mix. Hell yeah. But then Jem arrived home after me and she was like, I think there's a stripper at the house. Oh. And I'm like, what do you mean? And she's like, listen. And we listened and it sounded like there was just kind of like one or maybe two female voices. So like maybe one was the stripper and one was like the like a valet or whatever. <laughs> right. And then I'm like, I don't know, Gem. I, I said, I, I thought I saw a guy and like, you know, maybe it's just like a dude's arrived with his girlfriend and she's just outnumbered. Let's not mm. presume that that's what's going on. But <laughs> then like. They were awfully well behaved from for the next hour. Like right. just a lot of silence, you know, like <laughs> as if they were watching something. <laughs> just one song playing on repeat. Just one My song playing. Just playing yeah. over and over again <laughs> exactly. by genuine. Yeah. <laughs> and then day three was like recovery, regret, um, oh. uh, like barbecue after party. And it was just like. I mean, I, I'm glad that those parties. It's been a long time since I've experienced anything like that. Yeah. I'm a now. I don't. I don't get three days off to go party. With my <laughs> it is. It is so different, though. Like I remember. Like I'm. I'm kind of like four drinks now tops. Like I don't really go over that four drinks unless it's a really fun. Like you know, if it's a bucks party or something like that, or a wedding, or you know, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sensible about going over that. But I just remember once waking up from a night out and I remember someone took me to this event and it was just like free booze, whatever, you, you know, it's just one of those big events. And I remember waking up the next day. I didn't have a phone. I didn't know how I'd gotten home. <laughs> and a fr I said to a friend of mine the next day, when I finally got a phone, I, I had to go to the Opta shop and say, I've lost my Lot, not a plug for Optus, by the way, but I had to go and say, look, I've lost my phone and they 
you know, got me a new phone, had to get a new contract. So it's like, you know, a thousand bucks or whatever to get a new contract. I couldn't find anything. And then I finally talked to my friend and I was like, I, I think I was pretty drunk last night. And you know, when you say that and you're expecting your friend to go, no, you were fine. Like, you know, that's mm. what I was hoping. And they said, no, you tried to open up a wall. I was like, what? And they're like... Like a door? Like a... You're you're like looking for the handle on (laughs) the wall or something? Looking for the handle on a wall for ages. And then there were speeches going on and I was yelling out to my friend across the room about how to open up the door. Oh my God. And so they're like, yeah, no, you were were pretty bad. Like, and, and running into people that were at that event that were just like, did you ever get through that wall? Just like, like I thought it was like platform nine and three quarters. What had you been drinking? I was I was drinking I was drinking red wine shots, um, oh, okay. whiskey. I was really oh. mixing it up. It was a cocktail in my tummy, and yeah. Um, yeah, next stop was a bad time. Like it was, it was not going well. Something happens. Let me let me prepare you for forty. Something happens round about round about forty. I think maybe sort of late thirties, mm. where you just cannot process alcohol anymore. Right, like, <laughs> you just can't. I mean, I I enjoy a beer still, but I can have one. And then if I have two, it's not like, oh, I'm so drunk. It's just like, oh, my tummy feels full. Yeah. <laughs> like it's like, you know, in your 20s, you're like the Terminator. Yeah. It's just like, what can I put in my body? If I've got an orifice, I'm putting something in it. I don't care how it gets in there. Yeah. And it's fine. And you might have a bit of a hangover, but then you just drink more or you, you eat something greasy and you're fine. Yeah. Nowadays, my God, like I, I had, uh, we had some friends over uh, uh, like three weeks ago. Mm. And I think I'm, I I maybe had two beers and a whiskey. And the next day I was like, oh, God. Like, <laughs> you were dying. Oh, someone, what is going on in my head? It's yeah. like, what? This this isn't fair. Like, <laughs> what is the biological principle behind my body not yeah. being able to break down? Is my kidneys or my liver, like, is something not processing like it used to? Or, or, yeah, or I wonder, do things slow down? It, it's it's really, I wish we had Dr. Carl on the line. He could tell us. Yeah. Not not the neighbours, yeah. Dr. Carl, but the, <laughs> <laughs> the scientist. But it, oh, it, it buddy, would... RIP, pouring out for, <laughs> for neighbours, oh, no my more. God. It, it would so be sad. Oh, it's so sad. I, I think Neighbours is an absolute institution, like everybody in Australia does and UK. It's absolutely huge. But it is a bit like, you're right, but it is a bit like a cafe that you loved that you haven't been to in five years and somehow you're surprised that it's closing down. <laughs> it's like, I mean, I couldn't even tell you where to find Neighbours if to, to watch an episode. Like, I don't, I don't really know, but it... It Someone said just, 10 Peach the other day or something, and I was like, what is that? Oh, yeah. What is 10 Peach? Is what that is the 10 stream? Peach? I think that's – no, I think 10 Peach is a channel now. Oh, that, um, oh like a digital channel. A digital channel that, that Neighbours was on. I think it got shifted to 10 Peach or something. Yeah. I mean, it is it is strange that at the same time that Neighbours is getting cancelled because I think it's Channel 5 or whoever hosts them, you know, they're mm. just not giving them a new deal, that – I read that Home and Away is like the number one show in Australia, like non-reality, non-news oh show my in Australia. Because I would have thought that, you know, like I understand there's a difference in the quality of the product and, you know, I've done both shows and I understand the difference between the two <laughs> shows. But I would have thought that it's the trend of serialized, you know, half an hour drama, yeah. five, five nights a week. That's what it was pointing to rather than the quality of the acting or the people who work on this show. But mm. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's just like people 
we'll say, you know what? Neighbours don't make good friends. They make bad friends and we're sick of these people. <laughs> we're over it. There's only so much drama that people will believe after like 30 years or however long it's been. People are now going, I don't think that much drama has been happening on Ramsey Street. Well, it just, it feels like an odd format, serial, like soap operas, we we'll call it, you know, serialized drama, soap yeah. opera, whatever you want to we'll call it. Like it, it just, in the age of streaming, mm. like I don't really, I don't have free to air. I don't even yeah. have digital channels. You don't like, even have 10 I don't have 10 You've got to get on that 10 page, Charlie. <laughs> like all I've got is just on demand. Like mm. I've just got apps, you know, Netflix yeah. and KO for Sport and ABC and SBS. Everything's on catch up. Mm. And so the concept of, like I remember when I when I started on Home and Away in 2012, mm. um, uh, like the first scene I shot, something really weird, really weird happened at the end of the scene where, you know, you got to the last line of dialogue and then everyone just kind of just, all the actors in the scene just kind of like, stopped talking and just sort of stared into the distance. And I was like, what's So I started to ad living and then yeah. the director's like, cut, cut, cut. And he's like, no, Charlie, we're going out to an ad break. So you just need to hold because that's where they do the like, oh. do, 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 you know, like they. Of course. The, the, I wouldn't even think so, of that. Were you like pretending no. to be a bad cop or something? You were like just <laughs> waiting for a scene partner. Yeah, that's right. I just was like, what, what, why is everyone just like frozen all of a sudden? But yeah. then that's what they're, they're, they're leaving gaps for ads. And so. Then I, I remember talking to the um, producers about it. I was like, why does like, you know, like, so if you're doing a storyline in which, you know, your character is turned bad, mm-hmm. <laughs> sure. you know, it feels it's like very every, easily. Yeah. Every second scene, you're reminding the audience that's like, you know, I hate Alf, you know, I'm going to, this is, I'm going to make sure that I'm going to bring Alf down. <laughs> right. And I remember talking to the producers going like, do I nail it? Do I have to remind them like every <laughs> second scene? And they're like, yes, because people have home and away on while they're making dinner oh, or they're putting wow. the kids in the bath. It's like, they understand. They make it for of, that. Yeah. It's like, it's kind of a comfort background TV. Like, you know, it's people aren't sort of like glued to the set. They're kind of like putting it on. They like it. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. But, but it's kind of like it's seven o'clock, it's dinner time, it's kids bath time. So that is the nature of the show. So that's why I'm like, oh, I'm surprised that that's still a thing in the, you know, with my daughter, you know, if we need to put something on, it's just like, yeah, ABC kids. Or, yeah. Yeah. You know, you'll just whack something on, on the iPad. There, there isn't really, or even if I'm making dinner, like I'll whack something on the iPad. There isn't this idea of shit. I need a TV that has free to air. So I would have thought that. You know, the the home and away would be going the same way as, as neighbors, but clearly, clearly not. That's so incredible because I thought it would be the other way around. I always thought more people like neighbors than than anything, but maybe that's how out of touch I am now. But you are very like, out of touch. Home and away has been very popular <laughs> for a long, long time, and wow. I think it was. I think it's pretty much since the since the Hemsworth right. home and away Hem, home and away sort of. Were, pivoted in the early 2000s where it was like they said let's just make sure our cast is always fucking hot <laughs> like no offense to the neighbors cast they've had lots of good looking people <laughs> yeah. on neighbors but it felt like because home and away sat at the beach yeah there was a premium put on hotties of course and then they also changed the format of the cameras they were using and they spent a bit more money on the sets and so yeah it just was a bit of a shinier product and so i think that 
Neighbours still, you know, uh, was still doing a good job. But when you put the two products side by side, one looked like a much more attractive, shiny product than the other one. Right. I mean, one is set in the burbs, the cul-de-sacs yeah. of Eastern Melbourne, you know, <laughs> grey skies, fucking yeah. red brick houses. One is set in Palm Beach where you got fucking Chris Hensworth, like shirtless, coming out of the surf onto the golden sands of Palm Beach. I know if I was a viewer, which one I'd be tuning in to see. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, Chris Hemsworth named after the famous pie on Phillip Island. Um, <laughs> how long were you on there for? How long were you on, on Home and Away for? Five years, I think, almost five years. Oh, right. Almost and did you get years. used yeah. to that that fast-paced? You Because know, I imagine it's very hard to get used to when you've, you know, you've been acting for a long time and then you start doing like, you know, what it, what would it be like 20 pages a, a day or every two days? Like, did that get a bit insane or did you get 12, used to it? They would do, they would do 12, I think there's like 12 scenes a day, seven to 12 scenes a day, which wow. is pretty huge. Yeah. But you get used to it. I mean, the thing about it is because they've been doing it so long. Yeah. Like all the directors, all the crew, all the long-term actors like Ray and Ada and Lynn, like they're fucking pros, man. So yeah. you just need to keep up with them. So you, you're, I think if you were a new actor, like straight out of drama school or straight out of high school, or whatever, it might be a bit of a holy shit, like, you know, I'm <laughs> right. getting five scripts a week, you know, I'm doing 12 scenes a day. It could be overwhelming. Mm. I was a little bit experienced. So it yeah. didn't take me that long to get up to speed, but it does make you match fit. Like you come yeah. out of home and away and like, I just, I can learn lines in two seconds now. Like I'm wow. so used to re reading scripts. It's just like this. <laughs> It's like this muscle memory now where I can just look at a script and be like, okay, it won't take me long to yeah. memorize that because you just get used to to doing that, to just like, you know, soaking it in and getting ready to regurgitate yeah, and it. And you can hold a stare. That's one thing people say about you now. <laughs> I learned. Well, I think as friends, there's a, there's a, uh, when Joey starts uh, playing Dr. Jake Ramore on um, whatever the soap opera he was doing, Days of Our Lives. And he tells the other guys and friends that smell the fart acting. And like, what do you mean? And it's going, well, at the end of a scene, you just, and that's exactly what it is. It's like, you just like take a deep breath in and just look, you know, just kind of, you know, study, study the, study the background, just like stare off it's, kind of stoically into the, into the distance. It's such a funny way of acting that I wonder if it's going out of style. Like it probably is with, you know, how it's tracking and everything. But I remember my nan you, you do, wasn't really a big fan of TV, but she loved Bold and the Beautiful and The mm. Young and the Restless. And every day she would be watching those. And I remember the stairs used to make me laugh, like as a kid, <laughs> like how long they would do it. But they were such professionals that you go, it's actually pretty admirable the way that they would just stare off into the distance for a long time and know the beats of everything and also like the the ridiculous situations that they were in. It was like, you know, one of them died, but then the actor came back or, you know, it was always the most ridiculous storylines as well, but it was pretty was, funny to watch. Was the Bold and the Beautiful the one with um, uh, Ridge? I think it was. I think Bold <laughs> and the Beautiful had Ridge. Name? Uh, fucking... Uh, Do you want me to look it up right uh, now? Ridge, Bold dude. and the Beautiful. Oh, you're going to get... Yeah, Bold. Yeah, it, it, what's his name? Because I met him. I went to oh, a party. right. In LA, like a house party. One Rich Forrester is the full name of the guy, but what's the... 
That's his, his name, name? Rich Forrester. Rich, Rich he's, Forrester. He's, he's bloody Ridgy Didge. He's Ridgy Didge. Middle name is Digi. I'm not sure if you knew that. <laughs> That's why he appealed <laughs> Ridgy to. Ridgy Didge Forrester. <laughs> is it, uh, what does it say? Ron, <laughs> so many Australians. Ron Moss played the role. Oh, Ian Moss. No. Ron, Ron Moss. Moss. Ian Moss is from Col- <laughs> Col- Very different. Yeah, Very sorry. different. But Ron mix, Moss with two Don't ends. mix your Mosses. Yeah, yeah. Played the role since the beginning and was one of four remaining original cast members of 25 years. Yeah, he was such an interesting cat. Like, yeah. I, I, I remember um, sort of recognising him, but not immediately re- realising where I recognised him from. Yeah. And he just, this party we were at was, I think it was uh, Jimi Hendrix's old home, and then it had been owned by Johnny Depp at one stage. So it was this kind of, you know, big palatial yeah. house in the hills, <laughs> like a swimming pool. and like all, So we, me and Jem were just sort of, I don't know how we got invited. I think it's someone Jem and you. Yeah. So we're just sort of wandering around, a bit like you at, you know, on, um, uh, uh, where we, what island were you on? Oh, the, the, Sundays. the Whitsundays, yeah. Yeah, wandering around not knowing anyone. And then um, I saw uh, Ridge Forrester, R- Ridgey Didge Forrester, <laughs> leaning against a wall and... And we just started chatting and like he had this like um, scarf, like open pirate, open pirate shirt with like a scarf, oh. like, you know, just swirled around his neck and, and talking to him. And it was just like, I was like, why don't I fucking know this guy? And he was very nice, but I got the sense that he was on like Valium right. or some kind of sedative because <laughs> he just spoke with this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah. I've been to Australia. Yeah. Like everything was just like really, really understated. <laughs> And I remember sort of like looking at him and it's like, fuck, he's got such a, he's got like that classically handsome, Mm. square jaw, perfect hair face. And it's like having spoken to him and then knowing what he does as an actor, it's like, oh, you found the perfect job for what you are. (laughs) Like he is a dude who just like stares blankly into the (laughs) distance. He's a lovely guy, yeah. but it was like, oh man, like Ridge Forrester or this job, soap actor, was perfectly tailored wow. for your particular skills. Do you think like, he became certain... that, or do you think someone saw him oh. staring off into the distance and a director <laughs> went, "Let's cast him in this"? I don't know, but I do think there's certain people who, you know, I often say, like, you know, Angelina Jolie was never going to be working retail. No, you know, yeah. there's just certain people where you put a camera on them and it's like, fuck, they're beautiful. Yeah, you know, I saw um. An interview with a young Johnny Depp, like in 1986. Yeah, like, oh, he's so good looking. Yeah, like, and charismatic. Like someone would have put a camera on him at some point. Yeah, whether or not you then have the talent to go on and become a legitimate actor, yeah. or whether you stay you know, at a certain level. Mm. You know, I think it's it's all fine. But I think that he just found the level he was really good at. And I've spoken to lots of different actors who, you know. Uh, you know, have you know our long termers on 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 soap operas both here and in the UK and stuff, and you know a lot of them have said to me, "Oh, look, I don't really consider myself an actor. This right. is my job. You yeah, know, this is what I do. Is I'm a I act, but I'm kind of like a celebrity. That's my wow. job. So what would be and, and what were you going to say? Sorry, Charlie. No, that's all. Oh, what would you be like if you weren't an actor and working like behind behind the camera and, and loving like kind of the film world and, and writing and directing and all of that, everything that you do, if you weren't doing that, what would be your, you, you know, when you were growing up, did what, you want to be something What else? did I want to be? Yeah. 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 I wanted to be a puppeteer. Oh, really? That was my passion. I had... Oh. 40-odd hand puppets. My dad had built me a little puppet theater out of a refrigerator box. I did a show for my grade three class where 
I got the kids to uh, the kids. I got the puppets to lip sync um, an Arnie Jack record. <laughs> Arnie Jack, um, really? <laughs> yeah, that's Graham so Bond. Funny. Yeah, and so that's what I really want to do. I love. I was obsessed with like the Muppets and yeah. everything. Uh, Jim Henson Studios. That was my dream. Is I really wanted to be a puppeteer, and I don't know what happened. How, where that passion went. But it's funny you should bring it up because Jem um, has this great idea for a – I can't talk about it, yeah. but she'll kill me. She has this great <laughs> idea for a, for a thing yeah, great. that yeah. pitch, she wants to pitch. <laughs> um, but it has to do with childhood passions. And, Amazing. And she was asking me, and I was like, fuck, man. Like, yeah, I hadn't thought about this for a while. But, well, I wanted to be a Ghostbuster first. I um, – <laughs> I was. I wanted to be a paranormal investigator. Like I was obsessed with ghosts and yeah. and the paranormal. And and I even went and door knocked my my street as a kid, as an eight year old, asking if people had experienced any paranormal experiences and had my little notepad and a camera any to take photos. Of- did anyone have any? Did anyone go along with it and try and make it up? Well, a my. Bit? Y- well, my neighbour, Mrs. Cobb, was a little. Um, oh, she wasn't all there. Right. Let's say that. Sure. And so. Can relate. She invited me in when I knocked on the door and said, hi, um, you know, I'm just wondering if you've had any paranormal experiences. She's like, oh, yes. <laughs> like, you know, there's a, the, the Germans are stealing my gold. <laughs> and so, like, you know, I went into her backyard and was, like, taking oh. photographs, hoping to, to capture whatever ghosts or poltergeists were, were messing with poor old Mrs. Cobb. That's so uh, nice, so that was my I had, a, I had a, a friend that told me that they used to, when they were growing up, and I, I was a puppet guy as well, by the way. I will say that. that oh, I, really? I love stop oh my motion God. animation. So maybe that's what we need to do. <laughs> yeah. We need to fucking well, get I'd, back into a puppeteering. I do have an idea for a puppet show that I will tell you after this, but... um. But okay. that me and my good friend Oliver Clark were talking about uh, the other day about doing. But I, uh, I used to love... Love puppets. And I used to put on shows for my neighbour, Ev. And Ev used to come and watch every show. And she treated it like it was going to the theatre. And... (laughs) She would she'd put on her best dress. She put on her best dress. She would little binoculars. M- mum would mum would give her a glass of wine when she got there, and <laughs> I set out like maybe six seats, you know, and I would have the show with my friends, and Ev would walk through pretending she was at a big theatre, and she would wow. walk through, and she would come up and go, oh, 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 this is wonderful. Oh, the theatre here's a man, and she would be part of the show. Oh, and God bless I her. remember her, like you know. But we'd um, you know, we'd, we'd just all of a sudden that puppet would appear and she'd go, oh! like, and and her reactions were so great, and I just loved Ev. Like she was just the perfect audience member and would buy into it so hard. And a friend of mine, I was telling this the other day to a friend of mine who was saying that they used to dress up as their mum. Um, you know, they <laughs> they used to dress up and put on lipstick and a, um, like a pearl necklace. Is, is and, your friend Norman Bates? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> they, they used to dress up and go around town and put on big white gloves, you know, those long sleeve gloves, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and yeah. Used, to, used to go around with a handbag and used to actually go to people's houses, knock on the door and pretend that she was you know, the, that person's aid. So she'd be like, uh, oh, what are you making for your lot tonight? Or are you having this for <laughs> you, you know? And <laughs> I've got to pick up the kids from school. Gary gets home soon. And there was one point where she went to someone's house and, you know, c- parents and everything would kind of not have the time for it and kind of be like, right, okay, how oh, very funny, blah, blah, blah. You know, kind of just fob it off a little bit. And then she went to one person's house and they completed, like they sorry, they 
they saw her and talked to her like it was completely normal <laughs> and talked to her on her level and they were saying they would love to meet that woman now or have that conversation yeah. to say, you made such a difference in the way that you just treated me completely normal and just spoke to me as if I was a mother of five in the burbs. Like, like amazing. That was her, her Mrs. Cobb. Yeah, yeah, was exactly. her Mrs. Cobb. Yeah. In the backyard <laughs> digging around for paranormal activity. Uh, Sam, where can people find you online? What are your social handles? I know you've been uh, hacked on Twitter, oh, yeah. maybe on Instagram. I will not you respond on Twitter. You. Um, yeah, you can find me on Instagram, um, SamPeterson91. Um, Peterson is P-E-T-E-R-S-E-N. And Confessions of the Idiots on Instagram as well and Facebook. Um, confessions of the Idiots is my podcast where I read out different online confessions every week that I find on reddit.com. And I've got an... Uh, if depending on if this podcast comes out in time, I've got a live show happening on the 12th of March at 5pm with Rob Millsy Mills, Tony Lodge, Oliver Clark, Ree Down, and a very special guest who rhymes with Shardy Sheargold. Um, that's all I'll oh, say at the man. moment, but um, one of my favourite people in the world, and, and he's been on a few times, and um, yeah, so it's going to be a real fun show. So, you know, if you're in Melbourne, tickets are at comedyrepublic.com.au. It's a real fun, just loose show. You've been on before, Charlie. It's like a... I've been on a couple yeah, times. It's great. It's, um, it's, just a fun, it's just a fun chat, and it's just ridiculous. So come along if you're in Melbourne. We'll put a link in the episode description oh, below, and this will be out in plenty of time. It's coming out this Tuesday. Oh, my goodness. So people are listening to this, they can go to the episode description and click a link to see Confession, Confessions of the Idiots live on stage with special guest Shadi Meagold. <laughs> Thank you so right? much. That's right. Yeah. Is it Shadi yeah. He's on okay. a show in Melbourne called the Marty Sheargold Show. He's, he might be a producer or something on it. I'm not sure, but they're the, they're the clues <laughs> I'll give out. Sam, thank you so much for doing Vove Up. We'd love to have you back on again. Thank you, Charlie. And I'd love to come on anytime. And I promise I'll respond to you next time straight away. <laughs> I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Sam Peterson. 